Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. So what have we talked about today? We've talked about um, rude people in public places. I don't mind if you're rude at your house. Like, if you're a rude person, and have at it. You could be rude at your house, but don't be in an airport. Don't be in a grocery store parking lot. If you're a rude person, you know, avoid public places. And we don't have a problem. Uh, what have we talked about? We talked about that. We talked about some college football. What do we have now? We got Dan Lanning, University of Oregon football coach, joining us. How you doing, man? John, what's good? I'm doing good, man. I like. I, I don't know what I miss, but rude people that. It's always fun to me to make rude people uncomfortable by being so nice to them. It's really hard to be rude. You know what I mean? I'll tell you this. You're probably traveling on private planes, but, like, being on an airplane or being at an airport these days, the rude people out themselves. They just out themselves. Yeah, I I imagine. So let me ask you this, since we're talking about airplanes. Yeah. is Is it bad etiquette to lean your seat back? Uh, I think you got to be situationally aware if, you know, who's behind you, how wide are those, you know, I, 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 I've been on planes and it seems like there's no consistency with the, uh, with the width of the, uh, rows. You know, if you, if you're sitting in someone behind, somebody behind you has got, you know, a kid or a baby on their lap. No, you should not be leaning back. You got to be self-aware. I think you just have to be self-aware in general. You know, have you ever been, like, laying the seat back and you're just disappointed that it really doesn't go that far anyway? Like, it just feels <laughs> yeah. like a letdown. Holy like, if you look yeah. around, you're like, okay, wait, there's a four-year-old behind me. They got the seat to themselves. I can definitely lean this back. Yeah. And then you lean it back, and you're like, what was that? Is it even very, leaning back? Very <laughs> disappointing. It's like op- opening a bag of chips, and it's like a third full. And you're like, this, what am yeah, I, but what, that's what usually I just a good buy? thing, right? <laughs> what did I just that's buy? That's usually a good yeah. thing. <laughs> usually. Yeah. Usually. Hey, um... We're going to be all over the place in this interview, okay? Uh, you know, you know, I don't like to do the traditional interviews, but let's let me ask you this: uh, you you grow up. You, I remember your dad saying that as a kid, he took you like to a Kansas City Chiefs game, and it was the biggest thing ever because you guys Green didn't Bay get Packers, to... Green okay. Bay Packers, Kansas City Chiefs, like 14th row, 50 yard line. It was awesome. We got tickets from the. Um, a guy at uh, Hardin's, like a small town next to Richmond, Missouri, and this guy ran an auto body shop, and he had season tickets, and my dad got a couple tickets there. I remember that game like yesterday. So you, as a younger kid, you watched him, you saw him on TV. Now you're finally at the stadium. Did that deliver in your mind, or was it like what you th- was Arrowhead like uh, what you thought it would be? Yes, it's heaven. It was heaven. I mean, we got to walk around and smell the tailgate. You know, Kansas City's you know kind of famous for barbecue, and I've I've been told I haven't been to a lot of NFL games. In fact, the only NFL games I've ever been to were, were the Chiefs. But it has the closest thing to a you know a, a college atmosphere as far as the tailgate and those pieces. And you know that year it was the the year that um, you know Sports Illustrated picked Green Bay and the Kansas City Chiefs to play in the Super Bowl. So it was kind of like the precursor um, for both those teams to have really good seasons. You know, Brett Favre. It was uh, it was fun. You know, Neil Smith, Derek Thomas. I, yeah, I remember it really well. Do you remember like you know who was your guy on that team? Like who? What player was your your player? I love Derek Thomas. I, I love Derek Thomas. He was uh, he was certainly my favorite player. 
defensive guy. You could use a guy like that in any college defense, couldn't you? I think everybody could use a Derek Thomas in their life. Yeah, think, anybody. They, they, they would take a yeah. Derek Thomas. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so you get there early, you walk around, you smell the tailgate, you watch the football game. You know, Do you remember any of the football that day? Yeah, the Chiefs won. I mean, I remember the Chiefs winning distinctly, but, um, yeah, I remember a lot of moments from that game. It's weird It's weird the things that you remember well in your life. I remember having hot chocolate because it was cold, man. It was mm-hmm. a cold game. I remember eating gummy worms. And my dad drove like a stiff, a stick trip, uh, a, what do you call it, stick shift uh, right. manual truck. So I remember riding that truck into the stadium. It was just one of those moments where you remember a lot of pieces from that game, watching the guys warm up. I mean, um, it's funny how moments like that stick out to you, but that's that's one of those days. I couldn't have been very old, but I remember it really well. I think it was, I don't know, maybe 90, 94, 95, so okay. um, it's a while ago. All right, so you're hitting on something. My wife and I have talked about this. She She keeps reminding me. She says, take mental snapshots, like be conscious of – what you're seeing and and so it sounds like you took a mental snapshot that day probably over and over again and it, and that's and that's probably why you go back to that m- moment because you probably realized as it's unfolding like this is special absolutely and what's hard you know for me john is i can't remember what i ate for lunch yesterday but i can remember <laughs> yes. almost every detail every detail of that day you know what i mean and um that's the way game day feels for me like i can remember a play from the second quarter you know i, mm-hmm. I remember those but um I could care less what I ate for lunch or, you know, what, that, that sort of thing. What's, um, the, but when, when you're in the moment, when you have special moments like that, man, it is so important to take some mental snapshots. What did you have for lunch today? Um, so I, I'm, I don't, I'm not really doing lunch right now. I'm doing, uh, I did like a meal replacement, um, shape, okay. trying okay. to shed some pounds here, trying to be, you know, svelte. Um, but it had a little spinach <laughs> in it, some blueberries. Svelte. Um, yeah, our, our nutritional staff does an awesome job. So Brenda makes break, made me a shake for right when I walk off the practice field, and that's kind of lunch. But I'm excited about dinner. I'm, I'm going to go ham for dinner. I don't know what I'm going to have, but I'm I'm going to do something. So did, was this a decision you came up with, or did like your wife say, "Hey, time to get on the shakes," or what? You know, is this just like you're in no. season? You know. No, Sophia likes me thick, but um, no, I just decided I was going to try to be conscientious about it. I always lose weight during season. You know, stress and coffee will kind of do that to you. But I I just I decided to do like kind of this intermittent fasting deal where I really don't eat after ten at night and I my my first meal is really right when I get off the practice field and that first meal is just a replacement shake and then yeah. it kinda of lets me do whatever I want late at night, which during football that's kinda of how it works. Like you get home at eleven thirty at night and then you go in the fridge and you're like, Okay, cool, lunch yep. meat. Oh look, there's uh there's fried chicken. I'll take a bite of that and then <laughs> how about some gushers and a and a bowl of cereal? Like you just don't eat all day and then you're like, at night you just crush it. So I decided to just be a little bit more conscientious about the whole thing and um it's paid off. I've I've shed a couple pounds. It's been good. That's why listeners come to the show. See now you can you can eat more like your head football coach. USC has changed coordinators. Um, I, I feel like I had this conversation last week with Oregon State. They were playing Colorado, who changed play callers. And now, from a defensive standpoint, it's not like they're bringing in a guy from Mars. I mean, this is Alex Grinch's friend and one of his best friends, and probably the same scheme. And you know, maybe they'll get lined up correctly. I don't know. But does it change at all what you do, or you just stay focused on what you do? 
Well, I think it's a combination. I, what, what you have to do early is have early eyes in the game of, okay, what's different? And I would anticipate there's going to be some changes, but it's hard to go wholesale changes. Um, you study, you know, these guys in, in previous stops, like I know Coach Odom actually – Last game he called, he was the you know the D coordinator, interim D coordinator for Oklahoma versus Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. So that's you know something you watch. He has a history of being in Missouri and other places. Same with Coach Nua. You kind of look at their their background and their history, and then you look at their personnel. And um, so you know we'll, we'll see if they're different or not. I think early on you got to kind of go in with camp rules and say, okay, here's what we've seen on film so far, but let's ID quickly. Are they doing the same things? Are they doing something different? What would happen if you tried to do a wholesale change of something, even within your own program? You really only get two practice days, right? I mean, the way the a week goes. No, we work harder than that. Yeah, you're right. You get a heavy Tuesday, a heavy yeah. Wednesday practice, and then Thursday's a little bit lighter, Monday's a little bit lighter. It's hard. It'd be hard to make a wholesale change in the middle of the week. And, um I think you have to be really conscientious about what do you want to change, you know, and we've certainly had some of those closed door discussions on our staff. Okay. Like if that was you, what would you do different? Um, and those are the things you try to anticipate, but you don't know what you'll see until you really step out there on the field. Dan Lanning with us, Oregon football coach. These games are always big. I think in the eyes of fans, they go, okay, this is a big recruiting battle. This game, it's USC, it's Oregon. How much do you think one game, one win, matters to recruits or are they looking more at the big picture 20,000 feet look in our business and my position they all matter and this one's really really important right they're, they're all really really important I think we all know the goals that sit in front of us um, and the opportunities that sit in front of us and from a recruiting perspective uh, from a what, what we want to accomplish with this team perspective you know every one of these matters and this is certainly a big one because it's the next one I remember being in Ann Arbor, Oregon played at Michigan a lot of years ago. I'm on the field after the game. Oregon just pounded Michigan 39-7. And there were a bunch of kids that were there for Michigan, you know, sitting with the sideline passes at the end of the game. And I'm walking by, and I go, what would you guys think? And they go, we want to go to Oregon. But it, it doesn't feel quite that simple. They, you know, there are kids that probably knew Oregon's brand, and so it's brand, brand, brand. Kids, you know, all over the country know who you are know what you're doing but uh that you know i i can't think that a kid would pick a college based on one game so this game you're talking about is that was that was before connor uh, stallions was there or is this after <laughs> it must have been after or maybe it was before it was before uh, yeah, yeah it must have been before. so um yeah sorry that joke you, could, you so, can't help yourself yeah i mean i'm sure they all matter right you remember yeah. moments um as a kid like games that were impressionable yeah. to you and and uh this is a big game, right? They're all big. They're all big. You, you can't make any of them smaller than um, than what they really are. And this one's big. It's important. We recruit heavy in California. Um, we want to have success there. We've had a lot of success there. But these games certainly impact that. So um, it should be a fun one, man. There, there's a lot of talent on uh, their roster. They have good coaches over there. They're obviously one of the most explosive offenses in college football. So they present some unique challenges. And uh, we got a good football team, too. So it's going to be two good Good football yep. teams, battling it out. Um, should be a fun to see what the result plays out to be. People ask me about Bo Nix, and you know, I say, you know, the thing that impresses me is 
I don't see him make mistakes. Now, he probably makes them, but I don't see him making that mistake he, where he throws the ball in the wrong place and uh, it, it, something bad happens or he looks uh, a little rattled. I mean, but you tell me. Am I giving people bad info? info? Is I mean, is he making mistakes I don't see, or what, what does that guy give you? No, you're right. He he doesn't make mistakes. Um, and and sometimes you you could watch the film as a coach and you say, okay, I would have seen that different. But you know what Bo does with that play is he makes it a better play. So, um, you know, he's the kind of guy that is decisive out there in the field. He makes great decisions. He has a, a ton of confidence in himself and the players around him. Um, and then again, I've, I've, I say it every week, but this guy gets us into plays as well. He understands the game plan. I just left the game plan meeting um, just not that long ago, and, and Bo sits in that meeting with us. And uh, it's a bunch of coaches in the room. We're all sitting around, and guess what? It's our quarterback that's in that meeting as well. And he's talking about what his reads are, um, how does he see a play, and it lets us all get in sync in unison. So I don't get a lot of surprises on game day because we, we've already played the game so many times throughout practice in those meetings. Is, is he different than – Maybe when you were, you know, he's coming to Oregon, he's in the portal, and he f- was, you know, fresh out of the portal. How much different is he now in those meetings or those settings? Well, it's no different than me first getting here. I mean, I'd like to think that I'm a lot different than, than when I first came to Oregon. And it's about, you know, it's not necessarily you walk in the door and you say you're going to trust somebody. It's more, hey, give me an opportunity to earn your trust, right? And then the minute I prove I'm not trustworthy, then okay. You can see it differently. Well, all Bo Nix has done since he's been in this organization is prove that everyone deserves his trust to go out there and execute at the highest level uh, and perform at the highest level. And when you have trust, man, it's a lot different. The um, the way you feel as a coach, the way you feel as players around him, I think that changes everything. Dan Lanning with us, a svelte Dan Lanning uh, joining us, Oregon football coach. <laughs> Not yet. Working um, on it. <laughs> When you say you want to get svelte, like how many pounds are we talking about? You want to lean out? Are we talking like five pounds, eight pounds? What are we talking about? So I'm down, um, since the season started, I'm down about 15. And uh, I don't know, I could go I could go another 10. We'll see. I don't I don't need to look super skinny. But, um, I mean, I, got, I still got some bad weight. We'll see. I, I think yeah. before it's all said and done, I could be down about 25. Yeah, because your brand, I think, is you. You know, you got a little stubble going. You you like to barbecue. You you, know, you want to play tough on defense. You can't be giving those speeches in the locker room and look anemic. Yeah, that would be rough, right? I got It might be time for me to start pumping some iron. So I tore my bicep last uh, spring during spring ball, and that's kind of been my excuse not to like lift weights. Damn. Because my bicep is torn, but it doesn't feel quite as bad as it did before so maybe it's time to maybe start doing some curls you know some, you know some push-ups again but um i've kind of avoided it for a while how did that happen what were you doing i was kind of jacking around on the football field and apparently these guys are a little stronger than i give them credit <laughs> for and uh maybe i'm not ready to go out yeah. there and play a game anymore but uh yeah i get a little juice man at practice um so a prp shot you know i'm feeling a little yeah. bit better well We'll see. All right. So when it happened, did you did you immediately know? Oh, oh crap! Like immediately, yeah. yeah, immediately. And then I made it worse because I don't really stop, and I ne- I never had surgery for it. Um, so yeah, it's something. At some point, we'll need to make a decision what we do. But right now, it feels pretty good. I'm still able to sling the ball around. So one thing I like to do at practice, especially when you play these teams that uh, they run multiple plays. So like you're running, let's say you're running an RPO, and there's a run play. 
yeah. but it also has a pass play off of it. One thing I like to do is I like to be the quarterback for the pass play while there's a run play going on. So we're running the ball with, you know, seven or eight of the defenders are playing the run, but now the DB gets an opportunity to play the pass. And I like to go out there and throw the passes. You know, kind of like that Pete Carroll video you saw where he's, yeah. like, just chopping yeah. up the defense. Yeah. yeah, I want to be that guy for the Ducks. So we, we kind of run the two plays within one at the same time and um, keep that same, same mindset. But it's tough when you have a bum bicep. So i got to get it loose a little bit and go out there and, and do my best. Yeah, you got to play hurt. Uh, Pete Carroll, he's an older yeah. guy. He's an older guy. Do you want to be around coaching? Seem, you know, do you want to be old though? Does he? I know he doesn't. He plays young. He play. He seems young. Right. He's, he's cool. Like one of my grandpas was that way. He just wore wore cool sunglasses and tennis shoes, and you thought, gosh, this guy plays young. But give me an idea. Do you want to be like that seventy five year old guy out coaching, or you know, like I'll hold this clip if you are that seventy five year old guy. I'll hold it over your head. But you tell me, like right now. Could you see yourself coaching at that age? What I would tell you, probably more importantly, is it would be hard for me not to picture football in my life. Like that, that's kind of like a fix for me. Um, now I don't know that I've ever been hung up on like when, where, how. Like, but if I'm 80, I feel like I'll at least be out there with a high school football team somewhere, and I don't care really what my role is. Let me coach the holders, but it'd be hard to picture my life without football. Maybe your kids are coaching and you're like, you know, you're a consultant, show up to practice. Yeah, like senior defensive analyst type deal or something, yeah. you think? Good gig. Good hopefully, gig. Hopefully, hopefully it'd be interesting coaching. That'd be awesome. All right. You got USC. I mean, before I let you go, a lot was made of Caleb Williams and that emotional scene with his mom. I didn't mind it. I like a little emotion. I saw some of your guys after the Washington guy, game had tears in their eyes and they were leaving the field. And Washington was on the other side, had tears in their eyes for a different reason. And I don't mind a little emotion. How do you feel about that? And what do you think about people who criticize players for, for showing that emotion? I don't get hung up on the opinions of others. Um, you know, emotion matters. You, you, I've certainly been guilty of being on the wrong side and the right side uh, of those moments. And uh, I'm not ashamed to say I've cried after games before and I, I probably will cry again after games. That's just – the reality, um, but look, you play this game, and you're, it's so important to you. It matters so much to you. Um, diff, different people handle it in different ways, and the reality is nobody else's opinion matters but your own. I I think it's weird that people would say, you know, we, we never get these guys to be real. They're not in interviews. They never give an authentic answer. And then criticize somebody for showing some emotion positive negative crying whatever after you know a game i i, I want to see that i want to you know i want to know that these guys care and i didn't mind it you know i and you know i'm i'm in the opinion opinion business but i get what you're saying yeah i mean it happens i, I you know people pick the stage that they, that it happens on you know you, you you're not gonna see it for me very often um but when the doors close and you get a moment to go back and decompress, it's like, man, this is such an emotional game. It means so much to everybody that's involved. It's it's hard. It's uh, it's hard when it doesn't go right. And I respect people that care so much about the game that it means that much to them. I, I, I certainly know that. And um, everybody's got a different way of showing it. But um, the people I, I want to be around when moments aren't right are, are the people in that locker room that matter the most. I'll tell you this. I, one of my kids is playing soccer, and – she scores a goal, and I could tell what it meant to her. I had to look away; my eyes were glassy. You, you, you get that with your you, you get that with your kids, right? I mean, you you have those moments too, and you understand that you're you're you got glassy eyes for a different reason. 
how awesome is it that sports creates moments like that for us? Because you know how they feel because you've experienced that moment at one point in your life and you, you're you just so enthralled and excited that they get to experience that moment for themselves and it actually affects you emotionally. That's pretty cool. It is. All right. Uh, I'm going to go get my replacement shake during the commercial break. I appreciate you. you. I appreciate you joining. joining. I would love that recipe. Get me the nutritionist's uh, info. I'd love to know what they're putting in that I'll shake. I'll find out what's in it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll you, find out what's in it and get back to you. All right. Appreciate hey, that. Did Good we luck. Reconcile yeah. with our neighbor, John. Did we get that? Like, did you yeah. Make the yes. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter where the damn fence is. It doesn't matter if it's here or there. Nobody's using that extra eight inches of property this way, that way. Like, you know, I don't even care about it. It's just that it came up. You had to get a surveyor involved. You know, come on. Right. You know. I don't even care. So you're like, telling me, is, is it water under the bridge, or is it good? It we is. Good? I mean, it, we're good. We're good. good. But the problem I have good. is I keep talking about it on radio, and then the neighbor hears you about it. Stop bringing it up. <laughs> and the neighbor hears that I got to deal with it again. <laughs> Why are you talking about? I'm me? sorry. I'll never bring <laughs> so, it. I'll never bring it up again. All right. All right. <laughs> Appreciate you. All right. You have a good game. All right. See you, John. All right, Dan Lanning. There he goes. Svelte, Dan Lanning. How about that? He's down 15. You can't lose too much weight. You're a defensive-minded guy. You're out there recruiting. You can't be, like, you know, wafy trying to recruit guys. Uh, good stuff with Dan Lanning. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. The Kansas City Chiefs stuff was really good off the top of that. Love that scene. And we all – Anna always says that to me. She's better at this than I am. She says, take a mental snapshot when you have a moment like that with the kids or whatever. Or you're at somewhere that you really want to remember. And – it's true, you can draw upon it more easily. As kids, we know how to do that. As adults, I think we sometimes lose it. Leave it here. Dan Landing provided the framework for a conversation I want to have with you here and now. See, he took a mental snapshot of himself as a kid at a Kansas City Chiefs Green Bay Packers game at Arrowhead Stadium all those years ago. The smell of the parking lot barbecue. The fact that, you know, he can remember having a hot chocolate with his dad and the stick shift of his dad's pickup truck. He remembers the details because, as a kid, they were important. It was a big deal to him. I relate to that. I can remember uh, in 1983, 83, 82, uh, right in that wheelhouse, I was about 12 years old, and my grandfather, as he would do sometimes in the spring and the summer, told me that he would take me to a San Francisco Giants day baseball game. It was a Wednesday. I remember that. I also remember that Vita Blue was on the mound pitching for the San Francisco Giants. I remember they were playing the Cubs. I remember Keith Moreland was playing right field for the Cubs, and he caught, he made a diving catch early in the game on the grass outfield at Candlestick Park. And I remember that because we were sitting down the right field line, not far from where the right fielder would be. I remember the uh, the grass. I can see it now in my mind. I can remember the blue skies, um, the smell of the ballpark, the sound of the ballpark. Um, take me to your moment in time, your snapshot as a kid from a sporting event you attended. 503-417-7575. Stephen, snapshot, go. Yeah, uh, I remember going to the Seattle Seahawks game up at the Kingdom against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I be- and I believe it was Sean King's first start with the Bucs, and then they went on a big run after that. But it was 
it was the question of like, well, who is this guy? What is he doing? And then he came in and had a really good game. And you're like, man, th- this Bucks team actually might be really good. Um, I I'll remember that going up with my parents. There's another one where we went to the uh, you know uh, I also that game. Uh, sorry, same game. My dad because he's a big. Green Bay Packer fan. He's from Illinois, like right by Green Bay, right by Wisconsin. So he grew up a Packer fan. He uh, he brought his cheese head to that game, and so everyone thought it was really funny that he's wearing the cheese head to a you know Seattle Seahawks versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. So uh, that that was one of the funnier moments and uh, something you don't remember, like going to the Kingdom, which was just such a weird stadium, right? Like I think that's the yeah. thing. It's like you look at you know Lumen Field now and how nice it is. The Kingdom was just dark and kind of dreary around there, but it was it had one of those things it had that atmosphere to it. It was unforgettable. Candlestick Park was the same way. It wasn't like a great setting, as we all know, for a game. It was windy. It could be cold. But it was unforgettable. Adam is in Kaiser. Adam, take a snapshot. Take us with you. Hey, John. Yeah, uh, I got to agree. I was, you know, my my first memory was also in the Kingdom. Uh, I'm a big Raiders fan. My very first game was when Bo Jackson met Brian Bosworth on, uh, you know, on the three, four-yard line, drug him in, and, I mean, but listen, what was neat was when I got there, I mean, me and my dad, we got there early. I begged him to just get me there early, get me there early. I just wanted to see the players come off the bus. And uh, so, you know, we were in the back of the kingdom. We watched the Raiders come off the bus. And to me, when I saw Howie Long come off the bus, you know, his legs were like the size of tree trunks, you know, and I was just so impressed. And, I mean, I'll never forget it. It's like, uh, you know, I, I still see it right there. And, uh, you know, then we waited and we watched the Seahawks run through. And it was just such a memorable experience in that, that, that first game, you know. Yep. Uh, very, very exciting. Yeah, it stays with you. Love the vivid detail. Mike is in Salem. Mike, take a snapshot. Hey, John. So uh, I've called you many times. I always tell you what a great show it is. and The part of you and your wife together are awesome. So I'm Thank from you. the Philadelphia area. And uh, like Many Catholics, back when I was a Catholic, I was an altar boy, and we went to Veterans Stadium back in, like, 77. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.